0: My name is Grace, and you're listening to the Homebody Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new season, a new episode of the podcast. I hope this greeting finds you well wherever and whenever you're listening to this. For this upcoming season of the podcast, we have a theme that we're working with. So we're centering the topics and conversations around a couple of different things. And you can think of them as like threads that we're kind of weaving the season through each of the episodes. There might be a thread that relates back to these topics. And the first theme that we are weaving through this new season is water. And the second theme we are weaving through is the third house. And in this episode, which is really opening up this season, I'll share with you How I'm coming at those two things as of right now, at least. I'm sure it will evolve and deepen as we move through the season, and also why I chose to bring them to the forefront and center of the podcast at this time. So let's start with water. This may not be a surprise to many of you if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time. As many of you know, the spirit of water is an an undercurrent through a lot of what I bring give and teach. It's a big element to my being and my presence and just kind of how I radiate through the world in general. I even have a course called water medicine and the teaching that water is the medicine to the layers and levels of our being has become a really fundamental entry point into how I work. At the core, water medicine is is really about creating the space, the rhythms, the openings to receive the fullness of the soul back inside of our bodies receiving that disruptive wild poetic force of life and really allowing the soul to fully inhabit our bodies in the here and now i can't tell you how many people who have gone through that course called water medicine and about halfway through the process or the Mm -hmm. end say something like i didn't realize how thirsty i was or i didn't realize that i was literally starving for myself many people have said this at some point in taking the course and that can be a big realization when we're not in that space because our lives can feel so full, right? Our lives feel full of like chit chat and busyness and keeping up and we get our work done and we have this cute thought or look at that meme or this bright idea or so-and-so said that and this is going on in the news or this hurt and I don't have time to think about that right now. And unless we're really centering in and through the soul, that without if we're not tending to it, it starts to drift and when it starts to drift or live outside of us or fade then we we start to lose connection to a really core channel of our being the channel that's really connected to all timelines Spaces, realities, the void. And we need that channel. We need that river inside of us to be open wide in order to remember who we are and to be the fullness of who we are and to retrieve a sense of purpose and fulfillment in this life. We need it to be in our intuition, our sense of direction as we sail through this daring sea voyage that is our life and also to channel in the frequencies of the world that we want to be here, which In my opinion, is a key part of us walking on the earth at all. So yes, inviting in the water, which is welcoming the soul. It's going to, you know, disrupt our carefully laid plans. Water will disrupt our schedules, our straight A plus plus student aspirations, which is why, you know, it can be conveniently avoided. You know, it's socially acceptable to be well-behaved and to follow the rules. It's acceptable to not be hungry for life. It's acceptable to always be on time and in perfect running order and not disruptive. Um, but the soul doesn't really care about that. And so we'll be totally fine probably ignoring it until we become indescribably thirsty for something that we don't know what it is. We just want something more. We want to feel alive and like touching the ground matters and like the world is alive around us. And maybe we don't feel that way. And then suddenly we realize we don't feel that way. And then we start to get thirsty. And so in that way, the soul starts to call us back to itself. Or maybe, in other words, it starts to call itself back into us through this thirst, through this desire for life. And when we have desire, often a common knee-jerk reaction is is to do what we've been taught to do, right? Which is to, well, if I want this, I've got to study hard and I've got to go after it and I've got to go get it and I've got to knock them dead and I've got to go onwards and upwards until I arrive and achieve my way through this fierce will of my muscle to accomplish and acquire what I desire. And there's a place for that heroic effort. I'm not knocking it, I was being hyperbolic not to make fun of it, but accept that that's really our only mode in a lot of ways, (laughs) but it's not the mode of water. Water doesn't go onwards and upwards. It goes down and out. It falls from the top of the mountain and breaks apart into rivers, creeks, tributaries until it is then obliterated into the wide open, pounding, pulsing, alive cosmic ocean. There's nothing wrong with onwards and upwards, but that's not the medicine of water In the medicine of water. You know, we have to soften here to make space here so that we can receive here, surrender control. We put ourselves in the way of water so that we can get as drenched as possible, which might mess up our makeup or our clothes. And if these are not ways that we have practices around, if that's not a practiced way of being, there's not a whole lot to culturally support us being that way otherwise. So we could easily find ourselves living a life in which we're actually dodging water. And if that's the case, if we're lucky, life will bring us to these waterfall moments where we're gazing off the edge of the cliff, realizing there's no way to get down without dying unless we dissolve, unless we consent to surrender and become fluid and flow gracefully, powerfully off the edge of the rock and splash into the pool below. And why would we want to do that? Why would we say yes to that? Right? It's scary. Well, because if we never surrender, We only ever get what we think we want. We only ever get what it is in our willpower to attain. And if we never flow into and invite and practice holding the soul fully into our bodies, we can't really be here. We can't really light up the world around us. Without the water, we can't evolve fully because we don't have flow. We're controlling and contriving and constricting and manipulating and maybe even having a lot of really good ideas. But we're not living into the fullness of our interstellar nature and our creative purpose. And that itch will start to chafe over time because the water inside, we've dammed it up. We've timed the bridge and the release. So it's just a little bit of water and only now and only at this time. And the column of light water inside of us then also gets constricted because in order to open, it needs just the yes. So it's best that we learn to become water and fall. Water is a yin principle. Alchemically, water is one of the triangles pointed down. It's not pointed up. And when we're talking about the yin, about the water, the triangle pointed downwards, we are engaging in the presence of involution, incarnation, incension. Our soul is not this pure other thing. That you have to ascend to attain. Your body is not this dirty meat suit that has to be controlled and mastered and shed in order to be enlightened. Your soul is you. And it is this wild, beautiful, interstellar reality that wants to fully honor the world and change reality through the gift of this temple of your body with its music. There's nothing that you have to ascend to attain because you're incarnating it. You're incending it. You're involuting it you're bringing it in. And since time on earth as a human is relatively short compared to the span of other possibilities of life, you know, the parts of us that make up our humanness now, you know, we'll spend most of existence being the no thing in the void, right? This, you know, so great and beautiful, blissful, powerful. And right now, Here as humans, we have a window of time, a beautiful glimpse into what it is to be form, what it is to have this eternal river inside of a riverbed, which is our body, this earthen vessel of a water carrier moving through this life. And we've got to pull it in or at least open up to say yes so it can fall in. So the waterfall is moving through us and around us. And that means by you carrying the frequency of full, wild you inside, everyone around you gets a drink just by being in your presence. You don't even have to say anything or like do anything special or be shiny because you have the waterfall running through the channel inside of you. And our bodies are here to be vessels, these seats of the soul, these objects of our devotion, these bridges to our wisdom, our connection to everything we have been and will be in our right now. And the water is our connection to other timelines and realms and realities. And it's our conduit for this vibration and frequency and interstellar knowledge. So why would we want it anywhere but deep inside of us, moving through us? The water is not our doing, it's our being. You can't do water. (laughs) It's not something that you achieve. It's something that you receive. And in the soul space, we will always be bumping up against that cliff's edge. In the water space, we're always running into the cliff's edge, finding ourselves at the waterfall where we've got to turn into water again in order to flow down and flow down and flow down, splash at the bottom, and then we flow down some more the world can be a challenging place as you know and water medicine is a transmission designed to reorient you back to the refuge and inspiration that you carry inside of yourself no matter what's going on in the world outside if you're feeling overwhelmed disconnected burned out, or like you're just going through the motions in your life, it could be an invitation to go deeper and let the soul of yourself seep back into your veins. Whether you're feeling creatively blocked, low energy, or just stuck in a rut, water medicine can help you reconnect with your desires, heal from past hurts, and find more joy and resilience in your life and in yourself people who have taken this course tell me that it changed their lives, that it's something that they revisit over and over again, and that it introduced them to layers of their longing and aliveness that had been blocked for years, or perhaps never even visited. Water medicine is a course designed to help you find your flow and reclaim the wild water within you because the world needs you. And perhaps more importantly, you need you, all of you and overflowing with your life. If something inside of you feels like a yes, then head over to home-bodies.com forward slash join dash water dash medicine. And you can use the code listen, all caps to get a discount just for our podcast community. If you're not ready to take the plunge, but you still feel curious, head over to home-bodies.com and take our short quiz that pops up on the homepage to get started on your water medicine journey completely for free. And you can find all of this and more in the show notes below. That's home-bodies.com, and you can use the code LISTEN at checkout. Which brings me to the second core theme of this season of the podcast, which is the third house, which is a beloved house of mine. There will be a few episodes throughout the the season where we're only talking about the context of the third house in different ways. But for now, let's suffice it to say that in traditional astrology, the third house is the house of the goddess. It's the house where the moon rejoices. And the house of the goddess, in contrast or in opposition to the house of the god, which is the ninth house, the house of the goddess is not concerned with what's happening out there. She's concerned with what's happening here. Around you right now. The goddess is really integrated with all the domesticities, the baking the bread, the cleaning the house, the community gardens, the neighbors, the caring for the animals, the listening to the plants, appreciating that there is magic hiding behind what we perceive to be mundane. There's magic in the everyday, in these common things, these right here interactions. And when we bring our enchantment and our soul down to them, when we bring our divine perspective into our engagement with the world as it is around us right now, things suddenly sparkle. They're full of this emanating enchantment, worship, magic. The third house is is where you already are. It's who you're already with it's not the pilgrimage it's not the long distance trip to the far away place that you only get to do once in your life if you're lucky the house of the goddess is not the summit it's not the peak of the mountain where you scraped and clawed and injured to get a glimpse of god face to face the third house is the temple of the forest just down the road it's the god in the bushes and the flowers and the deer and the rescue dogs and the leaves and the air blowing across your face in your backyard right here, right now. And while those summit experiences are special and meaningful and life changing, and I hope that everyone gets them multiple times up and down in their life. Most of us don't live at the top of the mountain. Most of us are living down here in the Valley of life at the the bottom of the mountain. In the third house, we're not renouncing anything. We're yesing life frequently in a lot of spiritual teachings, at least in some of the ways that they're passed down it's sort of like our spirituality is sort of holding us over for some other better time for like when we get to heaven or the prophet returns, or when we get to escape the misery and sin of the world or something like that. And a lot of us may think that there's something wrong with us if we're not having that sort of peak summit experience all the time, or if we don't feel like We should be saying no to life in the meantime until some other better thing happens. What if we don't want to renounce life or go live on top of a mountain? Are we not spiritual then? But the goddess is really kind of doing the opposite trajectory of that. The goddess is trying to take the mystical experiences of the transcendent peak and bring them back down into how you live your life on Mondays. And so we live inside a mystical, magical awakening world, informing our everyday movement and our breath and our being, you know, and if what we experience in those mystical moments on the mountain are true, then how would that then affect how we cook or what we cook or how we spend our day or how we take care of our body or how we relate to animals and plants and trees in life? How do we relate to the land that we're on? The goddess is like, is there any way we could care for this better? As if life is in fact holy, which she says that it is, could we make whatever this is holier with our attention and our enchantment, with our prayers or our songs? As we're just walking around the garden, what you touch in the world, how you touch it, let that be worship. That's the house of the goddess. It's already here. For the goddess, heaven isn't out there somewhere waiting for us in an afterlife if we've been very, very good. Heaven isn't waiting for us, and we don't have to wait for it. The goddess is saying, heaven is here now. This is heaven. Look around. All you do is channel it open. All you have to do is make it and sing it and cook it and align it and make love it into your being. It's already here. It's just behind the veil. It's flowing in through you, through the world. So why do I think this is important now? Why am I curating a whole season of the podcast around these topics? Well, partly because I feel, or it seems obvious to me, and that doesn't mean there's anything wrong if it doesn't seem obvious to other people. It's just my unique perspective, or my perspective, whether it's unique or not. That humanity is at an evolutionary brink. We're at a waterfall moment, if you will. And humanity is either going to get that this is heaven and become masters of energy and make it be so, or we won't, and we'll bust. We'll become Jedi magician priestesses of life, or we'll disappear from this realm. In this form, anyway. And my spiritual practices keep taking me to this place where I think, isn't it so interesting that I act like everything else is so important besides becoming Jedi magician priestess of life? But I feel like now... We need to be working with or being from that inner fountain more than we are being from anywhere else. The fountain has to steer the ship because it is the ship. Otherwise, we're just chasing our tails or we're chasing a bunch of stuff or we're chasing a bunch of credentials or likes. And those things are beautiful, but they're not a fountain. They're not enough to steer the ship. They're not at least enough to make a world that I'm interested in. But what if we're not here to chase things, right? What if we're not here to chase things? What if we're here to receive the future? What if the conduit of your spine, which is the waterfall of your soul, which is you, is trying to bridge the frequency of the future into the now, into heaven, which is here? How would we act differently? How would we act like this is the temple of heaven on earth? How would we live differently if everything we did mattered and bridged possibility into the fabric of humanity? It's not so much what you're doing, because remember, the goddess is here. It's how you're doing it. It's the being behind any doing. It's the fountain that's feeding the waterfall that matters. There's nothing to chase. It's already here. You're already here. We are the ones who just need to unlock, to dissolve into the puddle so we can fall down the mountain. The water is flowing in, it's flowing down, it's flowing to. It's not something you have to go get. It's an enchantment of what is already here. And we're in such an important chapter in the evolution of humanity and the planet. And it feels crucial to remember and inhabit the role of the goddess, which is to make heaven on earth. She's like, we live in the garden right now. This is the beautiful garden. All we have to do is make it, but it's here. Just tend to the garden inside of you and around you the garden of your energy, garden of your body, the garden of your life heaven is the feast that you can prepare for dinner with whatever it is that you have in the pantry with the plants outside. And the planet is shifting and humanity needs to shift and I feel like the natural world is on board and watching and we can carry on but carry on in what way? Carry on intentionally bringing the soul, which is the light that you were here to emit and radiate into the world, actually into the world? That feels like a story that I would like to live into. And it feels like the story of the goddess in a lot of ways. Because we're the single organism of humanity that we are. We must evolve, and it doesn't evolve through coercion. It certainly doesn't evolve through war. It doesn't evolve through manipulation or colonization. These are tactics that really hit the peak realization. They have realized fully, and we know where those roads lead, and they will collapse. They have to collapse. Do we have an imagination, which is to say, do we have a fully inhabited lived reality inside of us that we are living into, that we're emitting that we're channeling into the world. Are we channeling the possible world into the world? Just like the archetype of the lady, are we like getting pregnant with the future world right now to birth it into the world? Where are we bringing her in? How are we doing that? Are we receiving enough? Are we saying yes enough? Are we desiring life enough? Are we ushering in the evolution of consciousness that we need in order to become humanity, the version of humanity who can handle an age of light or are we not doing that? And all of nature is here. The goddess is here. The heaven is here supporting this evolution, this turn of the page. How, if we just listen to what's already here, to what's coming through to who we can become, I feel it can be so. So may we bring in the water. May we care for the water, care for your water. And I love in saying that, that's reminding us there is no individual water, right? (laughs) There's no single individual water and you get your little piece, and I get my little piece. There's only the capital W, water. And so may we invite it in. May we receive it. May we surrender so that we can become and flow down and flow into and channel in. And I'm really excited to dive more into the prism of these themes throughout the season with you. And with that, I will see you in another episode. Peace. Be well. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please take a few moments to subscribe to the show, leave us a review, and share the episode. These small tasks help our independent podcasts so much. Be sure to also check out the show notes below to learn more about any resources, guests, or sponsors that we shared with you today. Our intro and outro music was created by artists Aaron Palavic and Jared Kelly. Our podcast logo was created by Elaine Stevenson. And this show is produced by Softer Sound Studio thank you for being here. Be well. Peace.